Who let the dogs out, guys? Who? Who? Was it you? Nova. Not me. Wait, not me. There's a bloody dog on the pitch down at Subiaco. We're going to talk about that for most of the podcast and then talk about our Ryan McLaughlin scored Valcata's first goal of the season. Shame he doesn't play for them. It's the first football podcast. Welcome to episode seven. Lucky for some, lucky for you, Josh Tryant. Uh, What's your lucky number? I always love the number three. Uh, I was a big Chris Grant fan, actually, different sport growing okay. up. So All right, we'll skip straight on three, then. Forget yeah. about Chris Grant. Tommy Dolman, Europe, is that basketball? <laughs> Footy. Okay. <laughs> Tommy Dolman's a big basketball fan. That's why I was going to segue onto that. I've, I've totally messed it up, but we just, keep, we just roll with our mistakes, don't we, Tommy Dolman? Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, not, not a good. Th- not that he makes them. No, because he never makes a decision. Not a good week, Sean. Leeds lost. Raptors out of the playoffs. Bad times all round. All right. Hopefully the podcast can perk me up a little bit. All right. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, you already heard the uh, dulcet tones, Alex Navatsis. Welcome. Uh, thank you. Welcome for myself. Can we take that out? <laughs> yeah, no, we're leaving it all in. Horrid. Guys, it's great to be here in the studio again. It's been a great weekend of football. We're going to start. I'm going to leave the dog for part two. I know we're all excited to talk about the dog. Does anyone know the name of the dog? Did anyone find that out? Look like they're scruffy or something. Oh, it's a little like paddles or something yeah, like that, right? It was a tiny right? little... Uh, Shambles. <laughs> no, no, we're gonna, yeah, we'll give you... That's a great name for it. And a great name for the situation. Out, outside outside <laughs> agent, I think, is yeah. its name. <laughs> it, was, it was a show. All right. I said we'll get onto that later. Let's talk men's MPL because I questioned the ability of Florida Athena to bounce back after bad results. It's been a problem of theirs uh, the last couple of years, but they did... Bounce back well, didn't they, Tommy? 4-2 against Gwellup. Good performance. They needed it. They needed to bounce back. Obviously, as you mentioned before, that 3-0 defeat to Coburn and then the loss to uh, Sterling Macedonia in the Cup, which was actually their first loss in the Cup for a few years, given they've won the last couple of editions in 2019 and 21 with no Cup in 2020. So, yeah, important win for them and and good for for some of their guys to to get on the score sheet. Joe Rezaia. Um, has come into the team recently. He got a couple of goals. Uh, Riley Woodcock was really good down the left-hand side. He's he's a really good player for them. He he provides a lot of attacking thrust for the thrust for them. Sorry, in those wide areas. And good to see Ludo Boy on the score sheet as well. They raced into a four-goal lead. Gwellup got two goals, two fine goals actually through Casesa and Samuel Dway. Really good goals if you check those out on NPL TV. Yeah. But Florit with the three points and they remain top of the league. So I did check those out. The first one's a great coast to coast uh, goal from the from the keeper, I think, all the way down the Woodcock cross for Rezai. And then uh, Boy Sots was, I think it was a Palmer tackle in midfield that won the ball back. Really good tackle. Um, and then my boy, Ben Steele, the country boy with a thumping header. Absolutely. That was my pick for goal of the game. Um, but then we're going to get on to Rezai's uh, second goal. Now, this was a goal from uh, Bailey Brown Montgomery. I know one of your best mates, Nova. He skinned uh, the skipper uh, of Gwellup, Salinger, down the left touchline, um, got the ball in. And then after the goal, he's, you said he's a bit of a, uh, a, bit of a naughty boy. We've, we've talked about that. He went, went and got right in the face of the Gwellup captain with the arms in the air, the big celebration. I thought that's a bit pathetic. Get over yourself, mate. But should he have even been playing? Does anyone know what's going on here with the uh, with the suspension situation? I don't. If you don't know the rules, I don't think anyone actually does. <laughs> I've spoken to you all before that. He was got a red card in their last league game. Did he not? He played in the in the Australia Cup game, and then he played in this one. I can only assume that he served the suspension during the cup. That would be my educated yeah. guess. But you are, but you are right. There was definitely some Martin Keown, Rude Van Nistelrooy vibes about that uh, that goal, that aftermath of that goal. Yeah, I'd, it's I'd, a good change of subject. Thank you. It's covered me a bit, but I think my my understanding is, yeah, you miss what what they class as AMS, or automatic match suspension, which would be your next match for that particular team. Yeah, well, we don't. I I don't know if he played in that Australia Cup game, so we yeah we don't know. But I was surprised that he was playing, and then I I just that that celebration, mate. Get get over yourself. Uh, a couple of great goals for Gwellup uh, at the end there. A couple of long ranges. The XG wouldn't have had them uh, with too many goals for the game, but they got two. A uh, few other very entertaining games over the weekend. Red Star, big bounce back. Armadale have been a tough team. Uh, we know this season gave Sterling a tough game in round one, and they're, they're up and down each week, but they're usually hard to beat. But uh, yeah, 4-1 and 
the, I think the big story from this game was the uh, camera positioning on the. If any of you tried to watch this one on MPL TV like I did, they. Uh, Tommy, I'm going to dig you out here as I love to do. I, I know you uh, hate talking on the uh, scaffolding. You do the commentary behind the benches. They get the scaffolding down at Armadale, but behind the benches, and you don't like talking there because uh, you're scared that um, your mate uh, uh, is is going to Johnny Riley. Yeah, yeah. Johnny's going to be angry at something you say and turn around and um and and give it to you. But it's better there than where it was on the weekend, isn't it? Oh, not at all. I, I like John. I get on with John really well. But um, that's why you don't yeah, want to was, upset him. But it was a um yeah no the um I, I've certainly not seen the um the, the the game field from from that position before, but um. Yeah, I suppose to go back to the result, it was a, um, a an important win for Red Star as well. Obviously, coming off the back of three straight defeats on the bounce, um, they would have needed to get their season back up and running. One of those defeats was also in the Cup. So very unusual to see the top two teams in the MPLWA going out in the first round that the MPL teams have entered the Cup. So they're, they're level at the summit, um, and they've opened up a little bit of a gap on Sterling Macedonia, who weren't in action due to a COVID postponement with with um, with Coburn. So even though there was some defeats for the top two in recent weeks, it looks as though normal re- order has been restored for the moment. That's a disappointing one for Coburn as well, because they had that massive result last week, knocking off Floriet, and then everyone's down with COVID the week after. Do, do you know the COVID, were the COVID cases with Coburn or... Do we I know? believe so, yeah. believe yeah. so. It's the second time around for them as well because I believe they've missed another game earlier in the season. Yeah, I think they've got a case. So that'll be the their first second. couple rounds of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah they only came, they came, in pretty, they yeah. came in pretty cold in that first game against Bayswater and that's sort of, I don't know, I think we probably judged them too harshly from that first game against Bayswater when they may have, a lot of them may have been recovering. Yeah, well, I don't know if we want to even credit Daryl Nickel with the goal that someone scored. We didn't catch it on, on the camera because of that uh, camera positioning. But Kalichi's pick, producer Kalichi's pick for top goal scorer, Daryl Nickel has now got nine in six. First time. I believe, believe, yeah, from from my recollection, I'm not going to go off record because I'd have to speak to Jacob Oofdenkamp. No one listens to anything you say anyway. No, well, that's true. That's when it gets turned down in the car. But um, to have nine in six is is... Yeah, it's a great, it's an incredible feat knowing that, you know, normally 14, 15 goals can potentially win you the leading goal scorer as well. So he's he's off off to the races and I, I don't know how close the next one is. Hard to, well, I think it's uh, Chuck Dorn now because oh, he yeah. scored the hat trick uh, on the weekend. I think he's got five, five and yeah. he's, he's next behind. So yeah, Red Star yeah. scoring a lot of goals. And they're looking uh, good. Yeah, look, looking very, very good. And, and obviously, Kenny Lowe's uh, knows what he's doing. He's done it before. He's doing it again. I'll tell you what, Kenny is that good that he couldn't coach Perth Red Star on a Saturday against Armadale and commentate at a Perth Glory game at the same time. I'll tell you what, he's that good. <laughs> look so, into that. A man that can be two places at one time. Just have a look at it. See, how, and, and he was there quite early. So it's a guy that can control a team from, from you know, <laughs> tens of ten to 20 kilometres away, so he's done a great job. But the team is running pretty smooth and, and you know, with the experience of Daryl and uh, and the way the, the team's going. And, and I believe, um, I think Johnny Perkins actually played in goals from my understanding. He's back. So yep. He's back. Yep. JP? Um, yeah, I was told they had some man. issues with the goalkeepers. He yeah, he's got, he's got uh, an injury. Yeah, yeah so he's the Sorrento game in the cup. Yeah, injury replacement. So, yeah, JP's come in and, you know, state keeper last year who saved the, the penalty against Perth Glory. Uh, in the Challenge Cup, so yeah, he's he, you know made a di- he's made a difference. Good result. Yeah, great hey. segue. Sorry, uh, Tommy, I just want to say that's a great segue, Josh, uh, onto Sorrento because we're going to go on to talk about uh, their game against Balcata. You had one thing you wanted to say, Tom. I was just going to say Johnny Perkins made an unbelievable triple save in that game. Triple Definitely save, a triple, not save. just one. I'll show it you not on the two? I'll show it you on the highlights afterwards. But oh, well worth okay. checking out. Yeah, what what time in the game for those at home? About thirty four minutes in. Okay, so great. it's like he's, he's like popped out of the grave. It's like the Undertaker is he's risen from the dead and he's straight back into twice. action. Twice, twice. Okay, three so, times. So, well, no, he rose twice. He oh. went down once, rose twice for three. Easter's yeah. just gone, mm, yeah. rising from the dead. Yeah, it's, uh, it's true. It would have been better last is, week. Is that a WWF oh, well, reference? Well, that's Orthodox Easter. The Undertaker, yeah, of course. No, Orthodox. no, Matt, that was a WWF reference, and if you don't know the difference, get out of the booth. Oh, I'm not a uh, wrestling guy, Sean. Let's, let's you can spin. probably tell that by my physique. <laughs> let's spin. No, most people that are wrestling fans have your physique. Um, let's spin Thanks, on mate. to his, uh, Sorrento, Sorrento Balcata because Balcata scored their first goal of the season. <laughs> 
And uh, who was the goal scorer? Yeah. Sorrento's uh, Ryan McLaughlin at the back post for the own goal, um, which was a bit of a shame. But you know what? They went on to win 5-2. So Balcata's goal didn't count for too much. Scored another from the spot. Did anyone see the foul? I didn't. No, no. Probably, we'll just say it was because they, they need all the help they can get at the moment. Um, but they lost 5-2, as we said. And uh, still so, yet to score a goal from open play. How do, how do things turn around at Balcata? Anyone got any is ideas? That, is that 19 goals now? Four games? It's conceded. Yeah. I, I think so. I mean, I, I am the host of the podcast. I should have these stats in front of me, but I, I don't do that sort of prep work that uh, producer Kalichi does. So I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot. They've conceded a lot of goals. They have scored only one plus the own goal. And any Tommy, any ideas? What do they have to do? Score more goals, concede less goals is the obvious answer. I, I, I genuinely don't know. It, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I think we, m- most of us were down at that. Uh, well, myself and Josh were down at that um, cup game that we oh, spoke about game, last yeah. week, the Emerald game. And, and I think that was the one that we sort of discussed as possibly an opportunity, you know, against a lower-ranked opposition where you can go out there, maybe play with a bit more intent, get a little get bit of confidence. Back, yeah. But then to have that defeat... Um, and, and then for it to seemingly carry over and find yourselves 3-0 down. They, it should be said, they did come back to 3-2, so they did launch a bit of a comeback of short sorts and show some spirit in the second half, and they'll be looking to channel a little bit more of that in the future weeks if they are to get their season up and running. But they've got a tough game this week. They're playing uh, the Glory on Friday night, who um, have started the season pretty well also. So, yeah, it just certainly doesn't get easy fixture, easier fixture-wise for Balcatta in the coming weeks. I think it's got to be defensively focused, though, doesn't it? Um, if you're conceding that many goals week on, uh, week in, week out, that that's clearly the focus. I mean, if you're not scoring goals, you can't win games, but you can still get a nil-nil draw. So if you fix it up at the back, you at least give yourself a chance to be competitive. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think, yeah, I agree. Defensively, they need to look at it. But again, you're not scoring goals to make that difference either. And draws is not going to help them. Um, they're not going to... The fir- many nil or draws. Isn't the first, four games first, in. We're four games in. First step towards winning that. is to stop losing, right? That was Correct. one. Of, that was one of the, the my favourite quotes. Is uh, score more I, than you concede, mate, and you're okay. When I was a 12 year old playing FIFA, I, I remember that. Quote. I don't even know who said it. But the first first step towards winning games is to stop losing them. This was about FIFA specifically? Yeah. Well, uh, no, this was about football, sport in general, right? Um, so, yeah, FIFA stop stop losing, stop well, leaking I, goals. I remember as a as a West Ham fan, I remember when we were really struggling under Manuel Pellegrini a few years ago, and we went and got David Moyes in for the second time. And the big thing he focused on was just getting that shape in at the back. He got defensive coaches in. The focus was all about the shape on the back, and then it, went into what you do higher up the pitch. Okay, so Balcato, if you're listening, uh, Josh says start defending and uh, Nova says start scoring. I didn't, so, I didn't see the game. I don't want you to put words if, into my if mouth. You, if I'm you're speaking do, more generally if you than you can that. do both of those at the same time, it's even better. Uh, but look, uh, before we move on, Glory, uh, Perth Soccer Club, nil-nil. Nothing too much happened there. Did you see any action there, Tommy? Yeah, I did that one on Friday night. It was a, a tough watch at times. Perth probably had the better of the chances. They're still waiting for their first league goal of the season, three games in. So um, still clearly some issues for them in terms of getting that uh, forward line sort of formula working, even though they put seven in the cup past Rockingham. Um, and it should be said as well that Glory's team was largely their, their under-20 side. Um, I think we called them in the top four cup last season. Um, in a game against Bayswater at, at under-20 level. And um, they acquitted themselves well, and they certainly stepped up to MPL level well. So, yeah, we've spoken it before. So much depth coming up, and with their MPL players playing A-league level, um, they certainly have the, the depth to, to push in and, and obviously compete at this division. And the last result for the weekend was Bayswater getting a bit of... Uh, revenge for that 5-0 that Inglewood uh, had against them last year. They they turned them over. This was at Inglewood, correct? Am I? Yeah, so Bayswater going away, winning 2-1. Uh, Gordon Smith, a big part in both of those opening goals. His uh, ball to Makeche was, was great early on, just lowered the eyes, dropped the shoulder, and then Makeche rolled, beautiful finish. And, and then uh, Smith robbing the keeper. You saw this one, I know. I don't know if anyone else did, but uh, goalkeeper goes, uh, take a quick free kick, defender passes it back to him, and then uh, Smith just slides in, takes the ball. I freeze-framed it. Studs were definitely down, didn't catch any of the goalkeeper, 
and he just decides to go down rolling around holding his shin. I don't know so. how you guys feel about this, but I always find it a bit perplexing when the goalkeepers take a short goal kick inside the penalty area. I know I know the idea is to try and get the ball moving to try and play it short, but when you're, gonna, when, you, when you're going to go five yeah. yards and then go back to the goalkeeper, you're Ridiculous. just allowing the press to come yeah. on to you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's quite strange. But broadly speaking, in Completely terms of agree. Bayswater, up to fourth in the league and just going about their business nicely, I think, and a little bit under the radar, we have been talking a lot about Florida and Red Star and, and they've pushed into the top four race now. Again, Kalichi's pick for the league. If, if he gets yeah. all these predictions right, whenever you near the end of it. I, I did have Bayswater for, I did have them as my uh, dark horse. As well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just just to the fact with the experience they've currently got, if they can keep a fit side, they will be dangerous. And, and it's taken Navesy or Gareth Navin some time to, to get them to gel. Um, but I think he's, he's, he's getting it. And, and, and having watched you know them play against Inglewood on the, on the weekend, they definitely look like a team to beat and um, will be difficult to play against them at Frank Drago Reserve. Oh yeah, just on just on the the goal, um, the the slide and tackle and the goal kick. I mean, the idea of playing that that ball short in the box is to draw the players in. You're trying to draw that press as high as you can, but you've got to be confident that you're good enough to play through the press. Uh, it's obviously that you know the Zach Steffen situation uh, uh, against Liverpool and uh, yeah, between yeah, Liverpool yeah, and Man City in the yeah. FA Cup, where he just had <laughs> that was a weird one because he had he had no idea that Mane was even coming. He wasn't. His eyes were fixed on the ball. And it looked like a similar situation in this game as well. Yeah, but, but as Tommy's saying, this one, he's moved it five yards. He's moved it five yards back. He absolutely knows Smith's there. Takes a bit too long. But I just hate the I hate the fact that he tries to clear it. Smith comes in, takes the ball, and he decides to roll down. Rolling trying to act around. Like his leg's yeah. broken. And I love the way one of his teammates, I didn't catch who it was, comes up to the referee afterwards and gives the most half-hearted, was, was that tackle okay? Yeah, mate, it was. Okay. Uh, it was, it was quite funny. It yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch it back. Maybe uh, it was like, oh, are you sure the ball wasn't rolling? Like, we can take that one again. It's fine. <laughs> All right. We're going to move on to part two and talk about the women's MPL action before we get into uh, a really uh, segment that I'm looking forward to with a good mate of mine, Louis Granich. We're going to talk about Div 1 and what's going on at Barcelona. We promised it to you last week. It's coming up. But before we move on, we've talked a lot about Balcatta's spankings they've been on the end of this week. What I want... Oh, We've talked about a lot on the show. They've been on the end of them all year. What I want to know from you guys is what's the biggest pounding you've ever taken? Take that the way you will. Or maybe you've given it out, Nova. <laughs> what is the biggest uh, hammering, spanking, pounding, uh, demoralizing, uh, whatever you want to call it? In football? In, in, in what, you interpret the question however you want. In a competitive fixture, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I will go football. Um, probably at junior level. We, um, we were lucky enough at... Uh, Olympic Kingsway as a junior side in, in eight years, we lost two matches. So we were, and believe it or not, I've got a full page article in, on the, that was in the West Australian 1987 about us. So that was some time ago, but yeah, we beat, I think it was Qdale 38 nil. So that was the, probably the biggest result that's, in terms of. That's a goal every copying, two minutes. Copying, copying a belting. Um, I'd say. Yeah, as a young kid, again, mum with a wooden spoon. <laughs> right. let's, move, let's move on before we get any legal uh, complaints. Tommy? Um, no no real outdoor thrashings as such, but I did have a, I was on the wrong end of a five-a-side one once, and it's one of those demoralising ones because it's such a small pitch up at, up at Bounces in Joondalup, actually. I think we lost something like 24-1, and the, it just happens so quickly. In a 20-minute you know, match. You, it's not small, you, turn, you, turn, you turn it over. Small, and, a small indoor pitch. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. It was a goal a minute, and this team, were just they were just all over us. They hit the ball. They shot at goal. Our goalkeeper was out, to be fair, and so we were all rotating and doing our little bit, and none of us are particularly good goalkeepers. But when it all happens so quickly, and it's just you take the kickoff, you, you sort of pass it forward, it gets picked off, the players run forward, bang, goal. And you get to sort of 12-0 and you're not even at halftime and you think, geez, like, where do we go from here? You can't you can't exactly rouse the boys with the team talk at halftime or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, that was probably the most humiliating um, beating I've ever been I'm, on the end. I'm, I'm, hurting, I'm hurting just hearing about that, <laughs> Josh. I, so I played socials down at Ashfield for a season when I was 20 or 21 with some mates of mine. Um, and... Uh, there were a few of us that all went to school together and then a few people who were like the old boys from the club and they were really mad into the club and they were big fans of the state league and they loved drinking and whatever. And they, I think Ashfield made the semi-final of the state cup or something that year and it was also one of their like Bucks nights or whatever. So that like click, they've all gone to the Bucks night or they've gone to the game, they've gone to the Bucks night. They're all plastered, but none of them said they're not playing the next day. 
we rock up to play North Perth. We're like top of our division uh, the next day. And there's like nine of us there and two of them show up and they are just dead as hungover. Absolutely, like probably still cut. And we go out on that pitch and I can just remember like, I'm like, touch the ball, I go to pass the play and these guys are like waving around on the pitch <laughs> almost. And it was just, it was demoralized. It was so bad. Final score? 14-0. Uh, okay. 14-0, yeah. Good. Um, I've, I've got a couple of quick stories. So my first one uh, is, is, you know, probably the most competitive fixtures I've ever played in my life. Not football, but I'm a big card game fan. Not like your bridge or rummy or whatever. Don't mind a bit of poker, but your uh, deck building. Uh, Uno. Sort of, so, so, oh, come on. <laughs> no, no, no. There's a particular game called Star Realms. That I'm, uh, I'm, I'm quite a fan of. Yeah, I won't go into how it all works. Producer Galici's played it before. Uh, but I went up on a little road trip with uh, the Mrs. Madeline uh, up north, which was as good as you could get during the COVID times. And, and we said, uh, so we were just going to go down out on the beach, have some drinks, meet some people, and then head back home. I think Squid Game was on at the time. Totally irrelevant information, but we watched that whole season. Great show, uh, though. Yeah, it was... Oh, it was it was entertaining. Um, but So we basically watched Squid Game and played Star Runs. We set ourselves a 15, a best of 15, which uh, your maths tells you it's first two. Eight. First two, eight. Exactly, Josh. And I quickly raced out to a 7-0 deficit. I genuinely pride myself on my strategy and my strategy game. This is a very, you, very you were much a strategy game. Oh, no, I was 7-0 7-0 behind. My girlfriend, who doesn't study any of these games, doesn't, I, I've literally gone on like forums and looked how to play this game. 7-0. I'm, I'm, I'm down. So you've gone in thinking like you're Barcelona and you're playing against Osasuna uh, or, or whatever. I thought I was going to destroy her. 7-0 within... The, the blink of an eye. I think I got a few back and ended up losing 8-3 or 8-4. But that is the the worst experience of my life. The biggest hammering I've ever taken. Biggest pounding I've ever taken. It was from my own girlfriend. Take that as <laughs> did, you... Hey, did Patterson. you sleep in the same bed that night? Take that as you... Well, we were in a little van, so we did <laughs> No, but stand away from the mic. You can't even look at me. Um, in a sporting context... Uh, <laughs> there was a... Does anyone, has anyone heard of a club called Chipolopolo? Chipolopolo. Yes. Yeah. Chip- is that it? What, what a side. Um, so, so they had a, they had a, um, it's a Zambian national team. Just, they, they call themselves that. Yeah. We had a team in the Sunday socials. Uh, I used to play up at Krakowia. I was a coach player and they were beating everyone seven, eight, nine nil every week. It was like, why, why are you even in this league? We come up against them one week, right? And it's. We're, we're, we're up for it. We're like, we've, we've won our first three of our first four. I think the second, the fourth was a one, one draw or something, but we're up to the top of the league, but this team's just smashing everyone. So we're going, all right, let's get up this. Let's get up this first half. We go out there. They're better than us. They match it with us. They're all just tall Zambian they're units, athletes. They're, 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 they're units, very good. Yeah. They're better than us, but we, yeah, we, we match it with them. We're one, one at half time. And we go in thinking like, let's get up and let's get up. And we can't, we end up losing eight, one, seven, one or something like that. Right. And it wasn't until later in the season, this socials team that they had or had a referee that let me tell you, I'm interested to know if you've ever heard anything like this. He came up and told us that they've apparently, uh, been bringing in extra players at half time. So he said, he said, that he sort of got wind. They had 15 to 20 friends, mates, fans that would come in and they'd go into the change rooms with them at half time. And he was saying that, uh, he told them, nah, you can't, you can't go in with them. They need to stay in there and they need to come out and they're going back into the pitch and the bench. That's the first game they dropped points that season. So we posit they they had been changing like 15 players over at halftime. Allegedly. Ah, exactly. We we don't know that. I don't have any record this. And this is 10 years ago, almost back when I used to be able to get my boots on and run out on a pitch. But, um, that was, that's the funny story I have about it. You do, you, you do hear those stories. Um, whether the veracity or not, I won't, I'm not, I'm not going to get you in trouble. That's a great story though. I play, I play at Maccabi and they have a famous story about, um, Years and years ago, Julius Davies, who played at uh, Melbourne Victory and and actually was supposed to be was supposed to be off to Bayern Munich, I think at the time, going down and and uh, secretly playing a few games for him, and that didn't uh, that didn't end well. I think it ended with a points deduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Naughty, naughty, naughty. All right, we are going to move on. We got part two coming up, uh, and then we're going to wrap up uh, later on. We got. 
good friend of mine, Louis Granich, is going to jump on with us after we get rid of this bloke opposite me uh, to talk about Barcelona. Promised it to you last week. We want to know what's going on there. Uh, and a little bit of a wrap-up on the world game. Uh, but before that, we'll be back with part two and talk about the WNPL and that dog on the pitch. We'll speak soon. All right, all right, all right. If you heard that gulping of water, that was Josh Chide. He's back with an unchanged lineup for part two. We were so good, gentlemen, in part one that we just no subs. Well, with that water, he's got to go. Yeah, we've got to. I think we've got to get rid of him, I'm don't starting, we? I'm starting to cramp up a little. Actually. I think. I think. I think for the final part, we're going to sub you out. But before we do that, we want to hear your thoughts and yours as well, Tommy and, and Nova, on the women's NPL this weekend. There were two really controversial hot topics. Before we get to those, we'll talk about the other ones, the Northern Redbacks. Uh, no, wait a minute. Perth- oh, That's what wow. it says. That's what it says on my on, on the NPL. The I've got the wrong sheet up. I should start again. Tommy, you know better than me. Tell me the other scores of the other games that weren't involving dogs and that were not involving a kick clash. So we'll start with the... I like po- to test we'll, him, don't I? We'll start with the COVID postponed game. That was between first place Red Star and third place Perth. That was off. Um, that gave Fremantle City a chance to close the gap on Red Star, which they did by winning 3-1 away at Murdoch University, Melville. Great segue. How good is that segue? What kit were they wearing? Uh, depends. If you're at the ground, it was uh, maroon and, and, and black, I believe. But if you're watching it on MPL TV, it was black and black. A uh, good friend of ours. Oh, uh, the Dave. great man, Dave Overson. <laughs> hey. I'm surprised he didn't wear black himself, just to make sure that there was enough uh, black shirts out there. And have one goalkeeper in maroon and the other one oh, in black too. He's just... had an absolute beast, hasn't he? I love going into work when he's there. He owes me coffee for the week because it was absolutely horrid. If you didn't see it, two teams on the live stream, there was, uh, I mean, if you've got anything to do with Chris Brady, I think you probably share this photo around uh, on every single uh, <laughs> social media. Your side available. They were wearing uh, on the live stream. It looked like an almost identical kit, didn't it? Yes, yeah. it was. It was I, a I did ask the question why, <laughs> and he believed when he was looking at the two kits in person, he could tell the difference. I said, "Well, yeah, I would hope so. It's two different people wearing it, <laughs> so you would." But um, maybe it's yeah. the opposite of color blindness. Yeah, you know how some people have have dip, uh, difficulty identifying different colors. Maybe he his brain makes up different colors from the same color. Well, it makes up a lot of things. Don't worry <laughs> about colors. So, so Fremantle, of, were you at the game, Tommy? No, I wasn't. Oh, you're watching on TV. I was, I was at the Glory on Friday. Oh, you yeah. So you didn't know who was who. Yeah. Like was, the rest of us. I'd, I'd love to know what, what happened. Like, did... um They did... I do believe they changed at halftime. Though. Yeah. yeah. Did, did so, they have to drive off to Frio to No, uh, kit, I think someone had to go get the kit because they didn't have it at the... Uh, and I believe... So, so they played while... Late. It gets better, I believe, and rumour has it, they kicked off late because both teams were wearing black socks. <laughs> That's the rumour. I don't know how true oh. that is, but that's, uh, yeah. Well, that's, that's, the well, I think we can all just safely say this is what happens when you leave Dave in charge of anything. Well, yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on then from, uh, there was another game we missed, I think, in there. You, we, we were... So that was, the, that was the Friday night game, and then there was two games on, on Sunday. I'll save the best till last. Thank you. Um, the game that I did was at Grindleford Reserve between Balcatta and Curtin University. Uh, two teams who were seventh and eighth before they went into the game and Balcat had got their first win of the season by four goals to one. Uh, two goals for Monique Prinsley, which I knew you were happy about, Sean, given she was your prediction yep. for uh, Golden Boot in the women's competition at the start of the season. Got a bit of a way to catch Larissa Walsh, though, doesn't she? Yeah, three. Th- all of the goals were after the 59-minute mark. So Curtin actually took the lead. Really nice goal from Danielle Suckling. Um, and then two goals in two minutes, straight after the goal. Just turned it around on its head. Uh, friend of the pod, Monique Diopera, who came in a few weeks ago. She got yeah, on the yeah. score sheet. She put them 2-1 ahead. Um, Prinsley then with a nice finish at the near post from Amir Yo assist and then Amir Yo got the fourth late on in the game. She had a really nice cameo off the bench actually. She sort of sparked that comeback into life when she came on for Aaliyah Yorkware in the second half. So important win for Balcatta who were runner up in the night series and um, they'll be hoping to use that as a bit of a boost to kick the start their season. No one listening get, realises this. You, you don't notice. You're thinking Tommy Dolman's got his laptop in front of him, his oh, PC, he's scrolling through, looking at all the scorers. The man is doing it off the dome. No, he's got incredible. nothing in front of him. Absolutely nothing in front of him in a microphone. Tommy, and, he's, and he's got nothing else in his head aside from Perth football facts. It's, it's just football. It's just football. Uh, that's and, why he's one of the greats. We've is, said it before. Uh, we love you, Tommy. Uh, now, you did say you want to save the best till last. 
who who wants to describe? I'm not. Shall we talk? About, shall we? Shall we mention the football the first, score. and then we can go into the. Well, all right, you li- rattle off the scorers and the thing with, with nothing in front of you again. Because I think it is important that we do praise Subiaco. It's their, it was their third win of the MPLW era in their third season. Because they, they had n- no wins in their first season, uh, two in the second. Yeah, one in round 17 and one in round 21 off the top oh, of my head last year. Off. Surely he's shut, shut up, shut <laughs> And, and yeah, um, it really, really, Zara Board had a really good game in goal. She made a number of saves. Uh, one from Tanika Lala, the other from Grace Johnston in particular, off the top of my head. I'm gone, my head's gone. Who needs Les Murray? Absolute, what a legend this guy is, Tommy Tom. Yeah. But it was just, yeah, it was just an important win for Subiaco. They'd shown the good signs in that first game, the 0-0 draw with Murdoch University Melville. They were probably a little bit unlucky not to win that game on the synthetic in the, on the first night of the season. Um, so really good signs for them under Greg Farrell, who only came in a week before the season. Um, he's kept two clean sheets in four games. I think they've missed one game due to a COVID postponement. So good times for Subiaco. And um, and yeah, they'll take a lot of confidence from that going forward. Bit, but, of, uh, bit look, of foreshadowing. This man is like a Damatroyer going to Barcelona and doing elastic. What a chance to show off. What a chance this guy's got for the Women's World Cup commentary. Oh, mate. If, honestly, Surely. I have watched, I have watched I Martin it. Tyler recently. Uh, I've I've heard him fall asleep during games when goals have been scored. He's so dull. It's just just go out to pasture. Tommy Dolman will take over, mate. He's the absolute bee's knees in uh, in this sport. Great. So so <laughs> I'll I'll just finish by saying the goals were scored by Frankie Murray. Unflappable as well, Alex. We're trying to carry on by Frankie Murray and by Phoenix Brownlee. But the second goal in particular was one that I know you want to talk about, Sean. And that's where we'll segue in, I suppose. Okay. So uh, who scored the goal? Uh, Phoenix Brownlee. Just. Shambles she, the dog. So, so she has, uh, she has, cutting in down the right wing, she's about 25 to 30 yards out. No, not a position you'd normally think uh, you'd, be, you'd be taking effort on. Defender's there, so she's got a couple of options. Looks up and sees Lily Bailey with her hand in the air, pointing down at little scruffles. Or what are we calling him? Outside uh, agent. Outside agent. <laughs> Double there's a little, there's Double a little dog. A little black, scruffy-haired dog in the goals. Is there a chance we can put this on our podcast? She, she's put her, she's put her hands up and tried to ask, hey, stop the game. And Phoenix has gone, no, like a phoenix from the ashes, I'm going to oh, I've ruined that. I, oh, wow. I, I couldn't find anywhere to go from there. But she's just chipped the keeper, and Lily's gone halfway between wanting to go and cuddle that cute little dog um, and trying to save the goal, and it's gone in over her head. Now, Nova... Yep. What was your, before the podcast we were talking about this, what would you have done with, with the little dog in goals? I don't want to say it. I'm not saying it on the podcast. I would have just <laughs> pushed it slightly to the side and moved it. Okay, dog. I'll say it. He said, who cares? Kick the bloody dog out of the way. And say it. <laughs> I know. It's, I'll, I'll clarify this because I'm in all sorts now. I'm sweating. No, I said, keep playing. And if you step on the dog, you step on the dog. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I guess that is a that, little bit better. That's not that different. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be, yeah. I, I feel, you know what, and I'm going to defend the referee on this one because I think he's made, the decision was correct. So the outside agent, as in for laws of the game, not the dog's name. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's both, isn't it? Well, so it the is. The dog in this case it is has the not, outside has agent. Not if the dog's not called outside agent, What's, they can definitely rename Has it. not interfered with play. Give us the wordi- wording, the wording, give us the wording of the laws. The, well, I'm not going to give the exact wording because I'm not a Simon. I don't need it. Exactly. Knows that. But, um, you know, Tommy, what it is, he, oh, mate, unbelievable. It basically... The, yeah, the outside agent has not interfered with play, so play does continue. So the the fact that the dog is there, Lily's seen it. She's put her hand up to say, winners stop this game because I don't want to keep playing because yeah. I might hurt this. Referee's obviously Innocent, not cute, fluffy little creature. Referee obviously hasn't seen the hand in the air. That, that's what you're saying? Not 100%. So if you, if you look at it, when the player's on the ball, the referee's going to be looking at the ball. She, the referee's not going to be looking at, at the keeper at that time, nor is the assistant referee who's looking across the line to see what's happening. Once the ball's in the air and then travels across in the air and then sees, sees her pointing at the at outside agent, it, it's done. And it's a, but, but then to be the, fair, it, she it, could it, have still saved the... It wasn't... Listen, let's be honest. It still could have saved that. No, no. I, I, I think... the assistant I, referee on that side, though. Hey. The assistant referee's on that side, though. Surely, surely the assistant referee can see that. Yeah, but if you if you think you're running this way, like you're ru- you're facing they can't see towards you, mate, a goal, no, you're podcast, fa- but... running down the line, looking across. You're not going to be seeing what they're looking at. You're actually looking at 
the player with the ball and it's, looking it's, at the line of defence. It's not, a difficult not job, the goalkeeper Josh. and not, not on as, the line. It's not as easy as you think it is to be a, to be a referee or an assistant referee. Well, but to be fair, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can do it, exactly. Uh, and if people do if want you can to memorise the rules like Tommy can. Hey, hey, we do need more referees. Give us another plug, Nova. What, what do we yeah, do if people head, want to get involved? Head, well, head to the Football West website under referees uh, and look up uh, level or look up courses, uh, level four courses. There's a few more coming through. Uh, and I will plug as well, hopefully, by the time this podcast is out, uh, those in the southwest, we will be doing a level four, level four course uh, either on the th- on the Thursday or Friday. I think it's both days, Thursday and Friday, uh, prior to the regional match. Yeah, excellent. Uh, Louis, Louis, start warming up. Josh is cooked. Josh, get get ready. You're coming off, mate. I just want to say one more thing before I get get ripped. You off get the you pitch just, try my, just try and score coach. that just try and score that last goal and come off with a blaze of glory. Go for it, mate. I, uh, I I commiserate with the goalkeeper there. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to fall on a on a cute little dog. I think save the dog, don't give the goal, drop ball. Save the dog, save the world. I am on your side, Josh. But and you know what, you have gone off with the goal there. I'm gonna gonna credit you that. Well done. Your last act of the pod was was your best one. But you are getting subbed off now. Louis Granite just coming on, mate. And you you understand why he's he's, he's got the legs to run yeah, this he's out. Got, he's got fresh legs. I'm done. All right. used, to, used to coming off the bench, mate. <laughs> <It's really good. laughs> All right, we will be back with uh, parts three and four, including Louis Greenwich, a bit of Barca chat, a bit of world football chat uh, after this. Okay, and just because I stuffed up the order and uh, misnumbered the parts, part three is going to be our little advertisement section. Do not forget, we here at the Perth Football Podcast, sponsored by the wonderful people at Mind Body Lounge and the amazing... Well, just the amazing one woman down at Physio for All. If you do want a free physio treatment or you want a free cryotherapy session here at Mind Body Lounge, maybe even a massage in the massage chair, all you need to do is just share the podcast. Share it, share it, share it. Let us know. Like, subscribe, everything, all that stuff. Five stars on Spotify wouldn't go amiss uh, or wherever you get your podcasts. But if you share this on on Facebook or any of uh, producer Kalichi's posts, you go in the running for that free physio treatment or, of course, the uh, the free cryotherapy or massage chair. Whatever. There's a lot of good stuff down here at Mind Body Lounge. Check them out on the website. Check out the Hush Connector for all your podcasting needs. We'll be back soon with part four. And welcome back. Part four, Josh. He's out of here. It wasn't a good performance. Oh, was it's a it? standard average performance. I know. Oh, he bashed me last week for that. And it's, yeah, he, he really needed to be subbed out. And thankfully, we've got a ready replacement, a super sub, if you will, a really good friend of mine, one of the top two Louis in Perth football. Uh, sorry, Carlish, I can't tell you which one's uh, one and which one's two. But Granich, Louis, you are on the line. Welcome. Thank you very much for having us, Sean. And uh, yeah, high company, obviously, Louis Carlish. Getting a mention uh, with him is always good. So yeah, pleasure to be here, boys, and pleasure to hear such a great array of voices and minds on the pod. Well, you've got Tommy here. G'day, Louis. Hello, hey, Tommy. How are you? Good. Yeah, you already uh, you already heard from uh, from Nova just before. Louis, what's the biggest hammering you've ever uh, had? Whether whether you were the hammer or you were the nail, what's the biggest hammering you've ever uh, been a part of? Um, I guess just off the top of my head, like the most recent one, I coached um, uh, at Aquinas, and we played a team. I'm not going to mention which team we played because it's it's irrelevant what uh, school it was. But let's just say um, our motto going in was, "I want to get every player on the pitch to score." And my goalkeeper during training said, look, if I score a hat-trick, you have to come to Arthur's. And so he scored one from his own uh, his own goal kick. He also scored one when I put him up front, and then I dragged him so I didn't have to go. So, yeah, that was well into the double figures. And uh, a rainy day, that was good. I thought our stories were good before, mate. You've absolutely uh, topped all of them. Uh, this, look, Louis, the main reason we've got you on, uh, well, two reasons. Last week we said we might dive into a bit of Barcelona chat. You're an avid Barcelona fan uh, and one of the most uh, intelligent football fans I know, your hatred of Jordan Henderson notwithstanding. Uh, <laughs> um, so, but, but before we do that, we want to dive into Div 1. Uh, you, you playing Div 1 at the moment. Who, who are you playing for? Um, so I'm playing for Freo. I just apply my trade in the reserves. Um, but obviously, after every game, 
we have a policy you um, should watch the first team at least to half time. If you don't, that's fine. So I always stick around with uh, a majority of the boys and we watch the uh, first team every Absolutely week. Absolutely so, love that. How many of them get there early to watch you guys? Um, they Every home game, they actually get there around um, 12 and they have their lunch. So, yeah, they, they have a good sport for us, especially in the first half before they go warm up. So it's club. definitely reciprocated. What a club. Absolutely yep. love it. Oh, look, I'll open with a question from uh, producer Kalicha, who isn't here today. We've already mentioned that. But um, if you want to send your love his way, uh, do it on your own time. He <laughs> wants to know a couple of questions. He wants to know how good Kingsway are. Uh, and also how good the league is in general, because he's uh, said that he's heard there's no visa limit, older players plying their trade, and that can make for a really uh, high-quality competitive league. Well, just quickly, we unfortunately probably haven't played Kingsway yet. I did watch the Night Series final, and um, look, they've got a good list. You know, you've got a lot of MPL uh, players or ex-MPL players who are plying their trade there. Um, Charlie Kenner comes off the bench. You've got, um, you know, uh, Kian Hero, just all sorts of players throughout their list that probably put them in the bookies' favourite to get promoted. Um, I was a bit surprised that they went down in the Knights Series final, to be honest, like I think a lot of people were. But um, I think them and Knights will be the uh, the favourites to go up. They're definitely the, um, the odds on. But the league in general, yeah, it's, it is just really tough in terms of there's one promotion spot. I think if there was that second one, a bit like Div 2, where you have the playoffs, it would give chance. But if you don't start on the right, uh, start on the front foot, you're in real trouble. And uh, Kingsway, well, they're 100% as our Knights, which I'm sure we'll um, talk about their fixture. But yeah, a few older players, as you mentioned, we've got Todd Howarth at Frio. He is an absolute Rolls Royce, by the way. Sometimes I've trained with him on the odd occasion and he is, you know, every bit as good as you think he is being a former Perth glory player left foot. He scored a free kick on the weekend. He scored a header. He's, he's fantastic. And there's a few other older players who are uh, definitely don't look out of place. Well, you wouldn't have heard any of this, Louis, but I, as producer Kalich is not here, I'm trying to do two things at once. And just like any man, I'm <laughs> bloody rubbish at it. So I've uh, messed up the levels there. Apologies for those audio issues, but uh, good response. Uh, so you do think that, that, the fact that there's no visa limit, is, is that a, a real benefit to that league? Do you, do you think those older players are, you know, a, a, a good thing? Uh, I, I think so. I think it's definitely a man's game when you watch that, that uh, those three o'clock kickoffs in the first team. Maybe in the MPL, MPL, there's a bit more of a mixture, a couple of young prospects. And there, there are that in Div 1, but definitely you look at a few teams like Amanda, for example, they have a really light, more of an older experience group with a few young players in there. And yeah, there's, there's quality. Um, I don't think there's that much of a step down to be honest, but in saying that, I, I don't notice a bunch of gray haired people going around. So it's not too noticeable, but definitely um, a few uh, players who have played at a high level for sure. Just cause you have gray hair doesn't mean you're old anyway, but Tommy, <laughs> Tommy, you got a question? Um, yeah, I just obviously Fremantle City had a, a two-all draw with with June Lapinara at the weekend. Both teams finished with ten men from memory, if, if my memory serves me correctly, yep. having written That's the right. written the report. Um, I, I suppose we're going to come on to the Knights and uh, Kingsway shortly, given that they're both with a hundred percent records um, and they're facing off this weekend. But but Fremantle City also unbeaten with the two wins and the two draws. So how have you seen the season and the likes of Hamza Hina coming into the team and scoring plenty of uh, good goals? Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give Hamza a bit of credit. He's hit the ground running. He's For me, when I watched him in the NPL, I like a player like that, a bit of a maverick. Maybe not everyone's uh, cup of tea, but as Sean knows, I like a player with a bit of razzle, and he's, I think he's already scored four. Doesn't mind um, you know, the spectacular. I think a few people would have seen that outside of the foot. Uh, Chip Travella against oh, Subiaco, which is one of the goals of the round. Spectacular. And look, he, he's got that in spades. It's just whether... Um, he can do that consistently, which he, so far so good, and the rest of the team can chip in as well. Um, uh, I guess in terms of the two draws, it's been a bit of a contrast from the wins. I felt the wins were probably a bit more comfortable against Subiaco and um, the the more recent one. I think it was against UWA. Oh, the, sorry, the first one against UWA. But the two draws, both a goal up, both against 10 men, and they've been pegged back both times. So um, I guess they'll be really ruining you know, that missed opportunity to get four wins that they've had in the bank. But they haven't lost those games. But, yeah, a mixed bag for sure. Okay. So the you mentioned earlier Kingsway and Knights. 
we know their big uh, top of the table clashes coming up. Who's your pick? Um, look, I'll I'll go Knights. I just think that Kingsway are probably the other favourites for the game, but I just like Knights' group in terms of their togetherness and they've they've just got a a um, you know just a, a really good collective and they've got Noah Shamaki who used to play at Frio who yeah, can we know Noah. provide provide a bit of the the difference as well the ex Knights um, forward. Um, Bernie, I think his name is. He's playing at Kingsway, so I'm sure there'll be a bit of, um, you know, a bit of a subplot there. But there won't be much to choose, I don't think. And and whoever wins this one will definitely mark a, uh, put a statement down, should I say? I think Louis, it's Alex here, mate. I think that with the fact that they've also got, uh, well, Kingsway have got Tommy Amphlett with a, a lot of experience coming into the side, that, that makes a little bit of a difference as well and uh, yeah. helps the team gel. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and I mean, both teams have got great coaching staff, but when you look at the experience of, of Kingsway's coaching staff with those players, it does make them look, uh, I would say personally, more favourite to, to Knights. But um, yeah, the Knights are, are definitely uh, up there for sure. Yeah, would would agree for sure. And um, yeah, just going through their list now, I'm just having a look at it. Tommy Amphlett. Um, you know, Cassidy, Cassidy yeah. Yeah, Colfer, of, there's just, there's just, there's just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot of NPL names there. we know. Yeah, yeah, Shane, Shane Cassidy's exactly. one that is it Shane Cassidy, is it? The uh, yep. the ex, yeah, yep, skip. All, always liked him. Uh, does he still play center half at then Div One or is uh, yeah. I, I'm not sure because I haven't seen yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, Alex, uh, he's still, season, yeah, he's but, still center half. I, I was just wondering, we were talking the other week about how players, you know, when I used to play socials, I'd, I'd play as a striker and then as I'd play reserves, I'd go to holding midfielder and then first team I'd play center back. So, you know, you move yeah. further forward, the lower down you get. Because uh, anyway, good to see Shane. Oh, and, and what I was going to say is I love the way Shane uh, plays as a center half. He's, he's why well, he, he doesn't always look it, but he really has that range of passing that I think. Um, is, is really useful these days as a, as a centre-half. Tommy, last thing on this before we get on to Barca. Um, yeah, I think you, you mentioned that you've played Subiaco before, Louis. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, they uh, they played them in the first round, I think. Yeah. Second, third round, sorry. Yeah, I think they, they've started the season quite well as well. It's probably worth mentioning them because they were on a yep. bit of a slide towards the back end of last campaign. And I think it was one of those ones where perhaps had the season got another three or four games, they might have uh, found themselves being caught by... Ashfield or by Swan United, but they've started nicely as well. I think they've had three wins from their first five games to date, and and Goran Stajic has, has done. Uh, he, we obviously know his name from Balcatter and Rockingham in the NPL, and he's gone there and done a pretty good job as well. Yeah, the um, look to be honest, the game that that Frio played against them, I thought Frio probably deserved the win, um, but I didn't feel that Subi were firing on all cylinders. I, I didn't feel it was like them trying their best and they came up short. I felt. Maybe they just had more of an off day. Elliot Island's the the captain for them. Um, I remember uh, playing with him at Melville. He was an under-18s player. And even this would have been, you know, nearly eight or nine years ago, he was already playing like a man. And he's he's a really impressive player. And he really keeps that Subi team ticking. And the fact that they, you know, had that result against Frio, but they've picked up points elsewhere, um, yeah, goes to show that Goran's got them, got them going. All right, mate, we do need to move on. But the final, final question, answer this one in 10 seconds. I don't know who he's talking about, but Kalichi is asking, our boy with the arc, how's he doing this season? Our boy with the arc? Okay, you don't know either. Bloody Kalichi. I'm going going Noah. Yeah, mate. Oh, maybe Noah. Noah's arc. That's shit. That's horrible. <laughs> That's one of the worst. That's... Can we cut that? <laughs> yeah, no, That's no we, I can't be bothered doing that. Anymore. Kalichi, go home. Thank God he's not here. Um, all right, so so Louis, the main. Do you, look, wanna, do you want to talk about Noah, or do you want to? No, nah, we look. We, you, you mentioned him, either. We we do need to yeah. move on. We we all love yep. Noah. Very, very good footballer, we isn't do. he? Absolutely love him. Uh, let's talk about Barcelona. This is the main reason we wanted to get you in. I think they are one of the most fascinating clubs in world football at the moment. Um, <laughs> but genuinely, on and and I think you, you'll remember. I, I said it to you in one of our group chats when Xavi was first being announced. It's always a risk when you bring those ex-players in without a huge amount of coaching experience. Obviously, Manchester United are an absolute rabble. Shout out to you, Alex, and uh, that uh, team that you love. Horrible. Um, <laughs> but so it, it is always a risk. But when Xavi was announced, I, I said to you, I re—I don't know if it'll work, but I really, really hope it works because if Xavi can get a Barcelona playing the way he wants a football team to play, 
whether it's this year, whether it's next year, whether it takes 18 months, 24 months, however long, that is going to be spectacular. Is that, what, what were your thoughts when he was first signed? <laughs> oh, stoked. Um, absolutely, you know, a, a, not only a club legend, but obviously a legend of the game. Everyone knows I don't need to go on about how good of a player he is. No. I think it was just a refreshing from Koeman, who was also a massive Barcelona legend, gave them their first European Cup in the 90s and was a great player for Barca, but just didn't have the players, didn't really have the backing, sort of had a lot of factors working against him and didn't probably do the best job himself. When Javi comes in, it's just, all right, we can all uh, hang our hat on this guy. The president backs him, goes in the transfer windows. They sign nine new players. Like They didn't win a game under Koeman. Not, not that I remember. I watched a lot, a lot of their games. I can't remember winning a big game in the league or in Europe for about two years. And Xavi comes in, uh, Madrid at home, uh, Atletico Madrid at home, beat them. They beat uh, Real Madrid away in the Clasico win away to Napoli, beat Sevilla, you know, they, they're just having big results, which is good. They're in a bit of a slump at the moment, even though they won on the weekend. But yeah, I think it was a, a really good appointment at a good time. I would also say well played by the president in a political sense. He sort of throws Koeman under the bus and goes, look, I've got this man to come and rescue us. And he he's essentially like got them from second, uh, ninth to second. So can't really argue with the, uh, the moves above board, I reckon. And so you said that they really did get that new manager bounce, a few really massive results, signed a lot of players. Uh, one that I find really interesting, uh, and we have met, talked about this before uh, in our group chat, shout out to our good mate Tom Renoff, uh, the Wolves fan. Um, I think what everyone wants to know, uh, as we know, Tom is a Wolves fan. What do you think of Tom? No, I'm just kidding. Let's not get into that. Let's talk about Adama Traore because he, he, was, he was this signing that he is one of the weirdest players in world football who breaks Absolutely. all the metrics for take-ons, dribbles past, can run faster than anyone else, has the biggest biceps you've ever seen. And just genuinely, if you look at take-ons, if you look at successful dribbles, he is the best in the world. And then one of the least productive footballers in the world in terms of assists and goals. <laughs> just his numbers at Wolves were, were abysmal. But every time you watch him, you, you feel like he's a threat. And then Barcelona sign him and you think, what, what have you seen in him? Was it just bodies? He, he, I know he started okay, but has he been relevant? Um, definitely started better than he's been. We've probably got a few more players back. But the thing I was surprised with is he was, because obviously the pace of leagues is a little bit slower. He was throwing in tricks, you know, elasticos, the the chops, all this really? stuff, rather than straight line running. And I was like, where's this ball control come from? Because obviously in the Premier League, he's, he's relied to run in straight lines a bit more and getting behind. But yeah, his ball control was what pr probably struck me. He, yeah, he started like a house on fire, um, but probably hasn't been getting as much game time recently. But he started at Barcelona. That's where he um, spent his youth career. He got a couple of appearances and then went to England. So I think they had a soft spot for him. They you know, thought, I think it was a good move for both parties. And he's, I mean, you cannot argue with a, a bench player like that, bringing him on in any game is just, is just a handful. So not the worst signing, but yeah, definitely an interesting player nonetheless. It, it was inconceivable uh, a few months ago, wasn't it? When Barcelona was sort of down towards that lower, or they were essentially in that mid table position. And it was almost inconceivable that they could completely miss out on Europe at one stage. And that's, a testament to how well Xavi's done since coming in. Um, there is a lot of work still to be done, though, Louis. Sean mentioned it before, a couple of losses against Cadiz and against uh, Vallecano, I think it was, lately. Um, so they've still not got that blend completely right, and they have got a few of the... a bit of a hodgepodge of a squad, really, some really unique and different types of players. I think it's all still part of that um, coming together of Xavi's identity and what, he, what exactly he wants to do. But where do you think the improvements need to come next season if they are to try and close that gap on Real Madrid? I think the the thing you always point to is squad depth. You look at Liverpool, you look at Man City and the depth of squad. I mean, Liverpool on the weekend fielded a weakened team and still got through their uh, their game with relative ease. Well, they got they got the uh, the job done. I think at the back, I think PK is the one. He, he had a groin problem in the, in the recent game against Mallorca. He's been battling through it for pretty much most of the same season. Eric Garcia is, is the backup. He's an absolute fraudulent player. He is shocking. I think uh, <laughs> Lengley's probably not on the best form himself, but it's, it, it would definitely be at the back. Arujo's comfortably the best uh, centre-back besides PK, and he usually plays. Um, also, probably at right-back, Danny Alves has come in, and he when they have the ball, 
he just sits in front of the back fours and, and plays as a deep line playmaker. It's unbelievable. But he wasn't allowed to play in Europe because of the, the numbers and Dest and Mingessa play in there. They're just not quite to the level. It would be the defence, I think, that needs a uh, reshaping if they want to if they want to strengthen and go further. What do you know about the financial situations? Obviously, you oh. you aren't on the books. You you don't uh, go over the numbers yourself, but you know the club better than than anyone in this room. Certainly, that was the big thing when obviously Messi left. Was basically we couldn't afford him. Was that the clubs broke, uh, and who knows what's going to happen. So the fact that they've signed so many players and they do seem to have a bit of money, uh, I mean, I don't know. This is a very hodgepodge of a question. What do you know about their financial situation at the moment? Well, they're just going further and further into the future and loaning out more money. It's as simple as that. They're just looking to go like, look, we've messed up. We're out this butt, you know. We'll make this money back after COVID. It's just rather than, you know, having your loans and your repayments, you know, a couple of years, they're just looking to go further and further. And they're just banking on that they're going to get more people back in the stadium. I mean, even though the COVID restrictions were on and off, that for the first half of the season, they'd, they'd very rarely get over 50,000 people. Now, that's changed, which is great. And not like the a, women, mate. Of, no, not at all. Uh, it gives it, it an ejection to the books. But, yeah, oh, Messi's wages, like, you know, I, I don't know the exact figures, but they would be close to 500 grand a week, like at least give or take a couple, 100 grand, you know. Getting him off the books, I, I didn't think was the, the worst idea. It just they just had no one to replace him with. But um, it's all a lot of it's all a lot of shady um, accounting and that sort of thing. And like I say, <laughs> they're just going further and further in the future to try and you know level with the banks and and that sort of thing. There's also things going on with playing in Saudi Arabia for the Super Cup and Gerard Piquet getting yeah. uh, commission here. It's all it's all a bit. Uh, uh, clear as mud, as they say. A bit sketchy. Yeah, look, I, I yeah. did a quick, uh, not a quick, there were two 10-hour days of a speakers conference here in the Mind Body Lounge for Happiness Co., right near where this beautiful Hush Connective studio is that we're recording in. Uh, and one of the things they told me to do is just roll with the punches in their presentation, <laughs> if it's a podcast, if it's a whatever. So that little notification before that just, uh, again, without producer Kalichi, I'm, I'm a rudderless ship. That was just asking me uh, to check out the Anfield Raps' latest video on the Liverpool-Newcastle game. So I'm going to seamlessly segue into the <laughs> Premier League with you, Louis. We're not going to talk too much about that because uh, I always want to jump on the Liverpool uh, bandwagon and I think people are sick of uh, hearing about it. If you're not sick of hearing about it, listen to the Anfield Rap, they're better than us. Um, but I want to get your prediction. Uh, are City going to blink? Uh, it's hard to say it. It's hard to say it. They are machine-like. I think... Um, I think the the what is the shout that maybe the um city will get the league and um liverpool will get the cups but i reckon i reckon that's the way to go i just don't see him dropping points i'd take that tommy they're gonna blink based on what i saw on the weekend no yeah they were playing an absolute rubbish team on the weekend though <laughs> let's let's be honest uh nova yeah they're not gonna blink they're not gonna no. blink. and if All you right. say a rubbish team anyone playing city at the moment is a rubbish team uh in, in comparison yeah, particularly to particularly leads right they're okay. Leeds are okay. We have to support Leeds. They're coming to Perth. Ever, Everton getting the win. Is it giving you a bit of a uh, bit of squeaky bum time there, Tommy? You a bit scared? I was hoping you wouldn't come on, come to me with this. Um, yeah, no, I'm. I think we spoke on the last pod about how optim, uh, about my optimism, but <laughs> it certainly dampened a little bit. Um, that draw against Palace didn't really help us. The defeat to Man City hurt. Not necessarily because of the defeat to Man City, because you don't necessarily expect to take points in that game, but Everton have got that win against Chelsea last night. Burnley have suddenly strung three wins together and are playing like 1970 Brazil. So I just, I just, I just, <laughs> what, a I just I, what a comparison. I just, I just, that is I just, unbelievable. I'm just trying to put the mockers on them. No, I, d- I just don't know when they're going to drop points. They've got a favourite. I think they've still got to play Villa twice who are in mid table mediocrity and haven't got anything to play for. So, so um, yeah, Leeds have got Arsenal and Chelsea in the next two games. And I can't see us winning either of them. Yeah, and Man, Man United got a yeah, point but, off yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, but could you see Everton getting a point off Chelsea? Or, or Man United, is, by the way. Exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, and uh, all right. So, all of you were saying City for the league. Thanks for that, guys. Uh, Louis, who's going down? Everton still going down? No, I think um, no. I think it'll be one of the other two. I think it'll be one Leeds? of the other two, to be honest. Yeah. Leeds, Leeds or 1970 Leeds or Brazil? <laughs> No, I think just from that, just from that analogy alone, I reckon I'll back in. <laughs> <laughs> Nan Nova, he's going down. Everton, Leeds, or Burnley? 
I'm going Burnley. Or do you think this, the numbers are saying that Watford still have a less than one percent chance of staying? Yeah, up. No, I yeah. Well, no, I, I, I think, I think Burnley. Uh, I see Leeds staying up. I see. It's hard to see Everton not there. Yeah. In, in all honesty, as much as you know, a lot of Liverpool supporters would like them to be in the championship. But um, I, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, we're going to go with that. I d- I'm telling you, we don't want them in the championship because it's six free points every year almost for us. But. Well. Uh, I will tell you they are going down and you're all wrong. But uh, look, it's been a wonderful show, Louis. Thank you so much for jumping on at the end of the day for us. It's It's been wonderful to hear your voice. I haven't actually spoken to you for uh, for a few months. Are you free for dinner next week anytime? <laughs> Absolutely. We'll yeah, get you down on the ranch. Line, we, we'll thank probably do that off. We'll, do, we'll organize that offline. But thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, you've been a pleasure, Louis Greenwich. Thank you. Cheers. All Tom, the best, boys. Tommy Dolman, always a pleasure. Cheerio, Sean. And Alex Navatsis. So. Oh, great to see you again, mate. Uh, I, there's not enough I can say about you, mate. Thank you so much. We've been the first football podcast. Uh, say goodbye, guys. Bye-bye. Catch you later. Bye-bye. Ciao. Yeah. Bye. Ciao.